0: What is up, friends? It is Chris. The message you're about to listen to is a bit of an interruption from the series of Foundations of Prayer that we have been in. But it was actually this week, our three-year anniversary of hosting community worship nights in downtown Jamestown, Tennessee. And I felt like the Lord led me to share a bit of context for how we ended up uh, just hosting God's presence in downtown week after week, but also... What it looks like to really be a resting place for God's presence in our lives and how everything flows from that place of relationship with Him, of being with Him. So I hope that this message encourages you, inspires you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy. I accepted Jesus when I was a little boy, when I was five years old. I was just barely older than our son, Ocean. And it was just after my parents had gotten divorced and I had watched a lot of brokenness in my home. And right after my parents got divorced, they both met Jesus. Odd timing, probably would've fixed things. But they split up and they both encountered the love and affection of Jesus in a tangible way and both got radically saved. And so I came from a home of brokenness and all of a sudden I was going back and forth between two homes that were becoming whole. I would wake up in the mornings to my mom sitting on the floor, barefoot on a rug with her Bible open, reading and praying and talking to the Lord. I would wake up in my dad's house to my dad doing the same thing, sitting on a couch. He was a little less hippie than my mom. But he'd be with his Bible open, and reading, and studying, and talking to the Lord. That was the examples that I had. Something that was broken all of a sudden. Two of the people that I looked up to in my life were finding wholeness in the Lord. When I was 13, my father passed away. I've shared bits of my testimony, but I just want to give context for how we end up on nights where we just take the whole night and worship, and what happened in my heart that led to this. When I was 13, my father passed away, and I got really angry at the Lord because I lost my dad, and I didn't know how to process it, and I went through a year of just being mad at God. I went to a youth conference, and in between speakers, there was just a time of worship and out of nowhere, God's presence hit me like a bus. And I began, everything that I had held in anger in that year broke and it broke out of my eyes. And I just began bawling. And I remember I turned and sat on this like, theater. We were in a massive, um, not theater, a massive stadium. And I turned and I, and I shoved my face into the seat and I said, God, I'm so sorry. And in that night I encountered for the first time God as Father. As the Father who not only would never leave me, He promised He would never leave me or forsake me. But it surpassed my understanding in Scripture. It surpassed what I had been told. No one told me anything in that moment. I encountered God. For myself no one was speaking i don't remember for sure the song that they were singing but i felt his presence for the first time in a deep tangible way and i gave my life to him at 14. fast forward and i had started playing music a couple years before then which honestly just became me pounding away on a bass guitar and just singing eagerly Along with my friends who were singing angrily because I was bitter and upset with God and life. And we didn't know what we were doing. We had a yellow card cover band. For Chip, who knows what I'm talking about. And um, all of a sudden I had this, this change where I wanted to spend time in worship. I started playing bass on the youth band. And fast forward a few years and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, I want you to lead others in worship. Now I think that whatever instrument you play in a band or however you do, if we're talking about music, you're leading worship. But I knew that I needed to be able to sing and I couldn't sing for anything. And so I took him at his word and I said, okay, I'm gonna learn how to sing. And I went to my youth pastor's house. I think it may have been Thursday night. I was 16 years old, I remember, because I had just started driving my old green truck that I've had since I was 13. I had just started driving, I'd go to my youth pastor's house and he had a prayer closet. And we would go in his prayer room and he would pray and I would sing at the top of my lungs and do everything in my power to stay on, on key. And I swear if the Holy Spirit wasn't there, I would drift very, very far from being on key. I was super dependent on the Lord to be able to sing. And his dogs would bark at some point because I was just laying on the way in his office. But in those times, and I'm so thankful, in that season that he was fine with me, just... It was good that it was just the two of us, because it was bad. But what I learned was how to flow with what the Holy Spirit was doing in my heart and in a room. There's a lot of people who play music, and you, you, you learn how to play. But flowing with what is happening in a room is different. It's just like praying and hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you about something that you need to pray for. You're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I I say this often when we talk about like the gifts of the Spirit, but I learned how to prophesy on my instrument before I ever get out of my mouth. I learned how to sense what the Holy Spirit was doing in a room and play in a way that aligned with what he was doing. I know that sounds weird to some of you guys, but the church that I was at, we would allow room for the Lord to move through the instrumentation. I mean, if you want me to point scripture if I need to, David playing over, like there's, well, it doesn't matter, we're not gonna. The point is, I learned how to follow the Lord in my life and in times of worship. And so my whole being was shaped in worship. I recently had someone ask me if I would kind of get to pour into their life. And the first thing I could think to say was, Just spend a ton of time in his presence. If there's anything in my life that is worthwhile, anything, it's just because I love to spend time with the Lord. Everything flows from spending time with Jesus. Your marriage works. Your children work. Your relationships work. If he's first. Doesn't mean everything's perfect, but when they're not perfect, you can follow them through it. So I would sing very loudly in my youth pastor's house. I don't know how his wife dealt with us. We ended up, we did our youth group nights on Friday nights. As I was thinking about this last night and this morning, I was realizing Fridays have always been this time in my life. And what's interesting is they're always the most sacrificial night of the week. Friday's date night. Fridays, I'm exhausted. I finished work night. Fridays, I've got a lot to do tomorrow to catch up with yard work and whatever else night. Friday is probably the hardest possible night to take and spend in worship. But we met on Friday nights, and um, we would we would spend long times in worship and let the Lord lead. How are you, through nights, man? The kind of youth group that I was in, we, we, when we would do a lock-in, if any of you guys know what a lock-in is, it's where a bunch of kids lock themselves in a building and the youth pastor tries not to get killed. Typically, we would do lock-ins and we would fast and pray all night. That was just the youth group that I was in. And so I remember doing a lock-in, and, and we played a couple games. But we really would spend the whole night in worship and prayer. And I remember it was where I learned how to be in the secret place. Truly, because one of the things, one of the activities that we did in the lock-in was they put on like soaking type music and said, get your Bible, get a notebook, pray, talk to the Lord, and let him lead you for an hour. If you did that with youth, in many scenarios, they'd be over it. Like, what are you talking about? I thought we were having pizza. There's no food here? I thought we were playing games. You want me to write in a journal and read the Bible? But that was the kind of youth group we were in. We were like a hardcore after Jesus little youth group. We ended up doing, um, as we got older and got more involved in the adult services that were also on Friday nights, we decided we wanted to add time to worship. So we would do the service, we would worship, there would be teaching and altar call and all of the things, and then we would restart worship from 10 to midnight after the service ended. And we would go from four to 500 people in the room to like 40 who wanted to stay and spend another two hours into midnight in worship. You wanna guess the most powerful times on Friday nights? They weren't at seven o'clock. That was beautiful. But people who were hungry and desperate enough to come and spend two extra hours into the next day setting their face before the Lord. That's where my whole band learned how to float together and how to follow the Lord together. At that time I was leading worship, I think it was four or five times a week. It was like a crazy season of my life being involved in a school of ministry and traveling on the weekends and all the things. And the Lord, in the middle of a worship set, I was playing piano and he said, I want you to stop. And I was like, stop, like right now? And I just heard, I want you to stop. And immediately I knew what he meant. I want you to take a break from leading worship. I want you to take a break from doing ministry. I said, okay. And so I thought, I'm going to take a month off. Because God said, stop. Ended up being a year, of which I had never guessed. And I spent that year not leading worship anywhere. I went to a home church. And I've shared about the home church often. Because it was a lot of my formative times and just being okay with being sloppy and messy and raw before the Lord. And there would be six, seven acoustic guitars and djembes and someone on a piano and someone would grab a bass and we would just, anyone would jump in at any time, no one really let it. We all just flowed with whatever God was doing for the night. And we would spend two, four, six, one night we spent eight hours in worship and my hand was frozen solid from playing piano. I couldn't, I couldn't move it for like a half an hour. But we had a whole bunch of young people who were hungry to spend time with Jesus. The Lord taught me in that season what it was to be a son. And I remember the last night before I felt like that season was over. I was laying on the floor, half the time I didn't even play. And I got just like I got hit with this revelation of it being father. I got hit with the revelation of the fact that I'm his son. And it hit me like a bus again. And I bawled my eyes out. Every time I talk about crying, I say that I'm not a crier, and then I say like four more times when I cried. And so I've given up. It's okay to cry. And so I cried heavily. And what dawned on me was, no matter how well I do at anything, it doesn't matter. No matter how bad I fail at anything, it doesn't matter in the eyes of my father. If one of my kids fell off their bike trying to ride it, I'm not going to be judgmental. You should know how to do this. And it took a lot of weight off of my life, and it relieved a lot of anxiety, and it relieved my need to find approval in my gift and in ministry. And it killed my desire for ministry, to be honest. I've gone through like four levels of Dying to wanting to do ministry. And then I pick it back up. And then he kills it again. And reminds me it's all about him. And when ministry or your gifting or your calling gets put before him, he'll kill it. Over and over and over again. Because he wants to be first. Because our life works best when he's first. I ended up taking a set at a prayer house. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of IHOP, not the pancake place, um, but IHOP is the International House of Prayer. It's in Kansas City, and they've since, since 1999. I think they had 24/7 prayer and worship going without stop. There's not a minute that goes by that there's not someone praying and worshiping, and it's really cool. You should visit sometime. It's fun, and um, I. They had, we were starting a prayer house in our town called Key of David. And uh, I have a key necklace that I wear every so often and it's, I still have the key in that place. But I took, I took a watch is what they call it. So for two hours, on Wednesday nights from 10 to midnight, we would spend in worship and in prayer. And so similar to Friday nights. I mean, that's like a horrible time for most people. Now at this point, we're all adults, young adults. We have jobs, we have stuff going on. So 10 to midnight was exhausting. And so we would take 10 to midnight. And when I say we, I mean me. No one else came for like six months. And that was okay because it was something that I felt the Lord lead me to do. And I remember getting so frustrated one night because I would drive 20, 25 minutes to this prayer house and set up a whole sound system and sit on the stage by myself and I would worship for two hours. And I was like, God, why can't I just do this at home? Why have you asked me to be here? This is so dumb. And he spoke to me as clear as day and said, if you'll give me this time in your life, I will do in you what needs to be done for where I want to take you. And a lot of what he did in me was being okay with being alone, was being okay with seeking him, whether anyone else around me was or wasn't. And it it shielded my heart from needing a lot of other people to jump into things with me. And it was still hard. Not long after that, Jess and I started dating and Jess started coming on Wednesday nights because who doesn't want to hang out with their girlfriend and boyfriend and tend the midnight on Wednesday night. And so, <laughs> so we began singing together and worshiping together. And that was a lot of the formation of our relationship was those times. We started singing and worshiping and praying together on Wednesday nights, and then all of a sudden other people started coming. And we ended up with around 15 to 20 people who would come every Wednesday night after their youth groups. So all of them would go to their college and career groups or their late youth groups, and then they would come from 10 to midnight and we would just worship and dance and pray and jump around this room and draw and paint and express our affection and our love for Jesus together. We began to use the arts in a way that we had never before. I still have one of my favorite paintings that ever, I've ever seen is a, a painting that Jess had made it's hanging in our house, but it was one that she painted on one of those nights. And it was so cool to, to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to show us and lead us and then make something out of it. And so we spent a year and a half doing that until that season ended. And and here's where I've landed. I've been a part of a lot of really big conferences and really big ministries, and I've seen the Lord use it in a wonderful and amazing way. But what's actually important about all of that is the pursuit of Jesus, period. You can have the conference, you can have the church service, you can have all of the stuff and miss Jesus in the middle of it. I think there's many times Jesus walks into a room and no one notices him. I think there's a lot of times that we sing songs and he wants to come and take us somewhere and we ignore it because we have a plan and we have a program. whether it's with thousands of people, a few people, or no one else, is my heart after Jesus? This is the question that matters to me. Is my heart in pursuit of Jesus? Whether it's giving adoration to him, having communion with him, or pursuing holiness to be more like him, There is only one message, and it's to be with God. That's the only message that matters. Because everything in Jesus and in Scripture and in the Gospel is encompassed in relationship with Jesus. God made you and me to have relationship with us, period. That's what you're designed for making a difference in the world, having a spouse and children and friends and careers. And all of that is an addition to loving Jesus and knowing him personally. So Friday nights, Isaiah 66 verse one says, thus says the Lord heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you could build for me? And where is the place that I may rest? There's a pastor named Michael Miller, and I love the way he says this. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, but he longs to be somewhere. The God who is everywhere wants to be somewhere. And the God who is everywhere wants to want to be wanted somewhere. Someone asked me if if we have intentions of handing out flyers and doing all kinds of promotional things about Friday nights. And I heard someone say this and I'm stealing it. And they said, Jesus is our church program, our church building program. If we pursue Jesus, his presence comes. Where his presence is, hungry people show up. That's what matters. This is what I woke up with this morning and something that's been big on my heart in this season. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, For my hand made all these things, thus all these things have come into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. I woke up this morning with the phrase, obedience is better than sacrifice. And I started thinking about how, in context, we look at that very different now than it actually would have been in that scripture or was in that scripture. To us, sacrifice is, I came on a Friday night. To us, sacrifice is, I'm gonna, whatever, do this instead of that. Scripturally, sacrifice meant sacrifice. Sacrifice. They would sacrifice to atone for sins. They would sacrifice to honor the Lord. Sacrifice was something that they brought as an offering. If you read the whole passage in 1 Samuel 15, where that verse is found, it's a wild chapter, truthfully. For anyone who thinks the Bible is tame, uh, (laughs) the prophet Samuel is sent to the Lord to anoint Saul as king. When he does, he instructs. This is me shortening it for you because it's a long chapter. He instructs Saul to go and wipe out an entire people group. Tell Saul to go kill a ton of people. Along with killing all the people, he says to destroy all of their livestock and possessions. Before Saul goes, he makes a monument for himself. He gets anointed to be king and immediately he goes and he builds a structure to say, look at how great I am. He came from being a lowly person to be anointed as king and immediately built himself an idol to be recognized for. sounds like something that we've done in church culture, I think. When he arrives, he decides to spare the life of their king and his men decide to save all of the choice possession that they deemed too good to destroy. Remember that Samuel said, go kill all of them, destroy everything. So they decide that they know better than the Lord. When Saul returns to Samuel, he announces that he was obedient to the Lord. And Samuel calls out that he had been disobedient to the instructions given. Saul proclaimed that they intended to make sacrifices to God with what they kept. So God said, get rid of everything. And they said, well, we'll keep the good stuff, but we're going to give to God out of it. We're going to sacrifice to him out of out of these possessions. So I'm gonna take what God never wanted me to have, but I'm gonna give you some. Samuel calls out, they they admit in disobedience. Saul apologizes and requests to come and worship God, and God says that he regretted making Saul king. Saul didn't simply disobey, he did what he thought was good. He listened to the voice of people over the word of the Lord. You can do good things and be outside of God's will for your life. It is absolutely necessary to honor what God asks of you above what you think to be right or what other people think about the mission that he's put you on we must have a holy fear and reverence and respect for what God is leading us into. And this is super hard. Right? And it's really easy to watch other people and say, don't cave into to peer pressure. And it's even easier to slip down the slope of, well, I just don't want to offend that person. And I just don't, I just want to make sure that that person still wants to hang out with me. Or those people still want to come on a Friday or or come to our church on a Sunday or spend time with me. I still want friends. I don't want to be the crazy Jesus guy. It's so much easier than it looks. So here's my question for us tonight, and I'll close this. You can close your eyes. Chip, we can play again. Will you give your life to be a resting place for God? Our word over this place for 2023 is to make and let this be made a place that Jesus loves to hang out. And that is the only mission of Friday nights. That is our growth program (laughs) or our slim down to nothing program. And it has been at times. And that's okay. Because God promised me, and I believe it's the same for all of us in this room, that whether there's many or there's none around us, He will never leave or forsake. And if you put Him first in your life, the fruit of it will blow your mind. In time. So keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to read a psalm over us tonight. Psalm chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries, and my enemies, they stumble and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle, In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And finally, verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord so Father we wait for you and we wait on you and God would you help us not to get ahead of you or past you or sidetracked carried away with life with good things, things that we think are good only you know Father Would you put us back on the path in the areas that we've slipped off? Would you continue to make us a people hungry and desperate to spend just a moment more with you, Jesus? God, I pray over our city and our county that this would be a place known for seeking the face of the Lord. Because when people are hungry, they will be fed by you. So Lord, would you stir up our hunger for you. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us in this episode, friends. I hope that it encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and gave you something to pray on, ponder on, and grow in just like we have been. If you want to find more resources from Breath of Heaven, our music, more teachings, if you want to partner with us financially to continue what God is doing through this ministry, or if you want to see upcoming events and hopefully join us here someday on a community worship night, you should. It would be awesome. We meet every Friday night in Jamestown, Tennessee. Check out our website, breathofheaveninc.org. That's breathofheaveninc.org, and I will catch you in the next episode.